0: This is Grand Admiral Thrawn, and you are listening to Rule the Galaxy, a wise decision, one that will be met confidently on the battlefield.
1: All right, Star Wars fans and Rule the Galaxy fans, we're back here. Another week of Rule the Galaxy podcast. Uh, Joe should be coming in at one point during the show. He's a little held up right now. So we've got me, D-Doc, hosting it up right now. We've got uh, two special guests on tonight. So it's definitely going to be a fun show. We've got some some Bad Batch talk and, of course, just Star Wars talk. And who knows where it's going to go? That's what happens on Rule the Galaxy podcast. Uh, we're going to whip it around the horn here. Uh, I'm going to go to Alfie first and say, what's going on to Alfie? How you doing?
0: Hey, we're doing good. Uh, mm-hmm. is here with me for a few minutes mm-hmm. before bedtime. She wanted to say hi and uh, just another crazy week at the Molinaro's. Got sick kids. and
2: Yeah, my sister has
1: her head hurt.
0: Yeah, she's got a cold.
1: And
0: Headaches he are the worst. Sore throat. Sore
1: throat. I had multiple kids in my house with the flu in the last week and I didn't get it. And I'm always the one who gets sick. So, like, I think we know the baby was okay. She did not get it, I, or she might have and just was okay. But my two older ones got it. My wife wasn't feeling good. And I'm always the one who's sick. So, somehow well, I like powered through this one. Yeah. She's just,
0: the only one so far. But Saturday I'm, she I'm, had. I'm not sick. You're not Only sick. Only my sister. <laughs> she had a mm-hmm. volleyball tournament and a basketball tournament. It was in two different cities, so two different cities.
1: Oh, wow. not- yeah, my buddies are always like, "I feel like you're sick all the time." I'm like, "Well, I have three children that yeah, are just, just constantly <laughs> gathering germs for me. <laughs> like, just wait till you have kids. Like, it, it, it's it's just constant sickness battles." Um, now on to uh, our next uh, co-host. This is a special day, Brent. Tell everybody what it is. I mean,
3: I it's your I eleventh mean, birthday. It's a special day only because it doesn't exist uh, most of most of everyone's lifetime. Yeah, um, somehow, some way, this guy was born in 1980 on February 29th. So this is officially the eleventh day that I celebrate my birth on the day that it happened. Um, so yeah, so it's my birthday, um, and. Funnily enough, uh, I was not aware, but my wife has been conspiring behind my back. Uh, my dad lives in or Ocala, Florida. Um, so they're going to send me there alone on spring break to go hang out with my dad. And when I'm there, my dad hates Disney, but he was like, you know what? I don't know what you're going to do at my place. Why don't you go to Galaxy's Edge and uh, we'll send you to Galaxy's Edge? So I get a I get a trip to Disney World, uh, Hollywood Studios, by myself, yeah. um, sometime in the middle of March. So in the next couple of weeks during my spring break, I get to fly down, hang out, and uh, ride Smuggler's Run seventy-five times. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and
4: every single time, you should definitely take the uh the pilot spot 100 every time <laughs> exactly don't, see, don't let it a, do it
3: i'm i'm a chewy uh, i'm a chewy guy i want to punch yeah. it and jump into hyperspace uh, okay, so
2: i'm okay. i'm actually yeah. i'm actually with him 100 on this i like to punch it
3: yeah so mm-hmm. I, like i've done it once and i have punched it i kind of want to sit on the gunner seats just to see what those are like um but like since i'm there by myself i can just go single rider and just keep recycling So I feel like I can write it like 75 times. Stick
2: to what you know. Gunners are lame. Do (laughs) do your thing.
1: (laughs) I I rode the Chewy position last time and was pressing the buttons, and somehow our group got mixed up, and the pilots did not speak English, and they they were not pulling it. They were not steering the ship at all, (laughs) and I'm pressing the buttons back there, and I'm just like, I'm leaning forward, like you gotta pull them.
5: You go left, you go right.
1: And I was like using my hands to show them what to do. I'm like, this is the only time I'm going to get to ride this today. I don't care. I'm telling these people what to do. i like, whatever.
3: So I feel like my pattern is going to be Star Tours, uh, Smugglers Run, Rise of the Resistance, Smugglers Run, back to Star Tours, back to Rise of the Resistance, back to Smugglers Run, and just do that all day. Because there's not really much else in the in uh, Hollywood Studios that is like really drawing me. Tower of Terror. Yeah, I'm good
5: on that. I'm good on that. Oh, no, man, I don't need to dude. fall. I don't
3: need to fall
1: the twilight zone, dude. That's the best. I love the Tower of Terror. Well, I, honestly I think we should kind of rotate back to this Disney trip at one point during the show, but we're going to get to our special guests here tonight. Like I said, we have two. We have uh, Stephen Kent and Riley Blanton on with us tonight. Uh, These guys are running their own uh, podcast together right now. Podcast website, correct? I'll I'll start with Steven. What's going on with you guys? You guys have a lot going on. You know, we're
2: movers and shakers. We're innovators. And that's why we were like, let's start a podcast, bro. You know, <laughs> the people the people out there are clamoring for podcasts. That's right. <laughs> yeah Another
4: geek podcast. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah. So Riley, Riley and I uh have pioneered and put together Geekystoics.com. Uh it's a substack newsletter that puts out a, <laughs> puts out a blast like every week. Um mostly free content focused on the philosophy of different major pop culture properties. So like star Wars, Lord of the Rings, uh, and then you get kind of weird crap, uh, in between like <laughs> the mask of Zorro and avatar, the last airbender. So, uh, it's a podcast and, uh, also now a YouTube channel that we're building from ground up.
1: Love it. Love it. And yep. now, now Steven, sure. you, you've done the book, um, how to force can fix the world and Riley, you ran um, the uh, Star Wars report uh, podcast, which obviously was super popular mm-hmm. as well in the Star Wars community. So uh, a pilot, it,
4: back back when I was relevant, yeah.
1: That's true. <laughs> uh. why, why don't you tell like anyone who hasn't um, heard from you guys yet? Like, and once Steven comes back, because I see that he's kind of like popping off to the side. But um, how did you guys connect uh, with each other and start working together? Like how many years back did you
4: guys kind of meet each other? And, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. no, it was back. Um, Celebration Europe was like the first time that I was familiar with uh, Beltway Bantha's Stephen's kind of foray into the world of, of politics and Star Wars. Because if there's one thing that Star Wars needed more of that I actually personally can blame. I think we can all blame mm-hmm. Stephen uh for the rise of politics in star wars it is because of beltway banthas
2: yep uh, single-handedly that's what i'm saying yeah yeah we we, uh, we, d- we did that it's we were like you know what star wars needs a little like hannity and colms action pundits yelling at each other about the galactic <laughs> senate uh so yeah, yeah no like Han- a crossfire yeah exactly a little crossfire action um no i i i really felt like it was it was um pioneering at the, at the time. And so like we did it in 2015 was when we cooked up the idea and we rolled out in 2016. Beltway Bantha is still when the Republican primary was still going on. So it, it wasn't quite yet Hillary versus Trump. It was still in the primary season. So he still had to cook Ted Cruz. Um, and we, we wanted to do a show that took on politics and Star Wars directly because a lot of Star Wars podcasts will like veer into it and then they go like abort 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 <laughs> you know change all right guys that was that was too much change topics change topics and I was like all right what if we just had a show that like dug in I'm like this is what we do here um and uh did it for yep. I don't know four and a half four and a half five years like on and off um with yep. a couple couple breaks in between
3: you had well, that's some pretty thing, high- thing. Oh, sorry. You had some pretty like high profile guys on the Beltway Banthas. Like, so as far as like politics, like Marco, you mentioned one time when you were on, it was a Marco Rubio or
2: uh, not Marco Rubio. Uh, probably one of the bigger guests that we had on was uh radio broadcaster and conservative pundit uh, Glenn Beck. Um, Glenn we were Beck, able to okay. get on Congressman, Congressman Derek Kilmer. Um, we had a couple different run-ins with, uh, with like Van Jones from CNN. Um, just the the general purpose of, of Beltway Banthas was that there are a lot of politicos out there, like lawmakers and also media people who would love to talk about uh, something besides politics for once. And uh, so we just were like, all right, we'll be the we'll be the outlet for that. <clears throat> yeah.
1: Well, I think that's one of the best parts about Star Wars is like you can kind of have anybody from any walk of life with any opinion of politics. And I feel like you can kind of all unite around Star Wars sometimes and it might not matter. You know what I mean? I mean, we have people from all different different opinions on this podcast and we always seem to get along. Everyone always says the Star Wars community is always at each other's throats, fighting with each other and everything like that. But I don't know. Once you get together and start talking with people, things usually kind of work out, you know?
2: (laughs) Riley, your focus determines your reality, does it not?
4: Something like that. Also, give it time, Dave. Just give it time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no that's true but and that's Stephen, that's why I brought up uh, Beltway dances because that I think ties, it ties right right into that time frame of of Star Wars report which is also in its sort of i, I would say heyday around that mm-hmm. same time so we naturally overlapped a lot but we've watched, so we've known each other for years just through um like star the star wars podcasting world and um and I think it was when we we collaborated on like a season of produced we, like uh, episode for Beltway Banthas. It was sort of like the final run of episodes for the podcast, which uh, I'm super proud of. It was really fun. I stepped behind the scenes as just like the pure producer editor. um, And I think it's some of the best Star Wars podcasting content that's ever been done uh and you know you know pat myself on the back or something like that but like steven Mm -hmm. had this really great vision for the conversations that were already really high quality but like what that would look like as a i would say a more narrative style podcast like in the serial format that a lot of other people do very well where it's very well constructed well written storytelling um around current events and honestly like uh we did some pretty heavy episodes as politics you know the the, the the bad news, Stephen, is, as you well remember, 2016 was not the end of intense politics in, in the world of American culture. Uh, and so as that increased, I think it gave an opportunity for that final round of episodes, which are still available um Anywhere you can find Beltway Banthas.
2: Yeah, it's um, true. Because like, actually this reminds me, because because Riley was doing Star Wars Report, I was doing Beltway Banthas, and we had a lot in common and a lot of shared interests. Uh, we loved talking about the politics of Star Wars. And I always felt like when Riley would have me on to the Star Wars Report, it was always like, we got to be very careful, right? I, I, that's true, right? Like it was always like, let's not go overboard here. Um, because yeah. the Star Wars Report audience expected something a little bit different. And then sure. mm-hmm. uh, at some point we had a change of the guard at, at Beltway Banthas. Um, it ended up me being solo after a time, having a, a, an awesome co-host, and then Riley stepped in as producer and like really turned the show into again like something just like a little bit more artsy and beautiful and well packaged than just like a Star Wars talk debate show, which is what it sort of was before. Again, kind of like in the CNN Crossfire or Fox News Hannity and Combs format. Um, and it was awesome. Uh, my only big regret with that show is actually that uh, we canned it but right before Andor. <laughs> right before Andor <laughs> came out was, was when Beltway Banthas. Yeah. yeah, and I I had I had shelved Beltway Banthas twice and like gone, This is the end, and picked it up twice. And so once Andor came out, I was like, could I pick it up a third time? <laughs> but I was I just I convinced myself I was like, no, that's just you gotta stop. <laughs> <laughs> Do no, one's ever,
1: no one's ever really gone I mean we yeah. saw that with yeah. Palpatine anything can come back
2: yeah and that's yeah. the thing about podcasting is uh, we talk about this a lot is it's really easy to sometimes take it too seriously where you think like more people are watching and judging your actions than really are so it's like I can't we can the show and then we kind of have like a feeling of pride like well we can't bring it back people would be like Oh, why are you bringing it back again? In reality, there's like, you know, 10 engaged, <laughs> 10 engaged people who would, <laughs> who would care. Um, you know, the show did good on listeners, but you know, people are never like judging you as much as you are judging yourself. Um, and that's mm-hmm. uh, like the thief of joy when it comes to podcasting.
1: That is true. And I have some comments mm-hmm. here Um, from Cody. Star Wars is the human condition personified, which means that in a divisive time it can be divisive. Which that's interesting. Mm-hmm. You guys have any thoughts on that uh comment, Steven or Riley?
4: Yeah, no, I, I Cody, I think that's that, that's well put because I think sometimes we can blame Star Wars fans for becoming increasingly uh, political or divisive or vitriolic, especially online. When that's just sort of the state of of culture, I think it's perfectly put. But I, and I, and I think it's it's a reality that we had to deal with. That I think it, I I won't speak for you, Stephen, but certainly for me, I think the natural end of the season of Star Wars Report and 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 kind of why we did close that. And 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 I think Beltway Banthas might also uh be in this way is that it, it was sort of a natural conclusion based on where kind of fandom had gotten alongside my my fandom so it's it, I, I, my, my star Wars my passion as a star wars fan remains about the same as it always has been uh but my my passion to be like a star wars specific creator had definitely mm-hmm. waned and there's a lot of reasons for that uh but i, I but i do think that's sort of, that, that. that's why Geeky Stokes kind of became a natural progression because it was one, a way to talk about more other nerd things that we're passionate about, but two, kind of puts a, a purpose and a lens through which I'd kind of already come to view Star Wars. Like if you listen to the Star Wars Report, often like I, we would cover the news uh, in, in the format of the show, but often it would just be like, we would revert to some analysis on like the theme of redemption or courage or something in 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 the film and just like talk about that or in like the latest Clone Wars episodes and that's kind of why i think Kiki Stokes became a natural way to like we're still i'm still out there talking about star wars on the internet now it's just uh you know through the lens of philosophy and and kind of like looking at the meaning of the stories that we like mm-hmm.
3: no yeah riley you also grew up through the podcasting world if i'm not mistaken right you mm-hmm. were pretty yeah. young when you got into the game and got a following and got a listening so do you think yeah. that you had a control do you think that's some of the reason why the Geek stoics came from this um because you matured and your fandom matured and stuff like that do you think that had an impact on um the way you feel now
4: oh for sure yeah it really and that's where i think i i i can barely remember a time where my fandom wasn't defined by my experience as someone creating uh online content because i was 19 i was 19 when i started the star wars report um and did it for about 11 years not quite um and so that that whole chapter of my life i became really passionate and excited about star wars um right at the end of the prequels through my high school years so i had a few years as i like discovered star wars and then there was this moment where i discovered the force cast in 2007. Okay. i'll never forget the very first episode that i that i heard and and it just like the fact that there was a, a a radio program essentially a radio a talk a talk radio show. I love talk radio, but I had no idea that there was Star Wars talk radio. And this is the mm-hmm. infancy of Star Wars podcasts. There was a handful maybe at the time. Mm-hmm. Um and like the next year I started uh Star Wars Report uh and and pretty much never looked back.
2: Yeah, and that's that's like a good reminder too that like you know there's star wars talk radio and it like uh, rebel force radio comes to mind you know those guys work in in radio in in the midwest um so yeah. they they already like know the art and yeah. when people talk about like politicizing Star Wars and politics being in the Star Wars fandom, you know, people do it different ways. They, it's a different, it's a reflection of different cultures that they come from. You know, people to the political left and, you know, just living out in the world who engage in Star Wars content, you know, they have a way of like weaving it into their podcasts uh, and making it about their values and the the way that the the things that they talk about. But people from the political right who make Star Wars content, you know, they make YouTube content that is like in the vein of conservative media. It's like your neurotic of the <laughs> world uh, yeah. The guys are bounding into comics, which I've done some work on and off with. And it's it's remarkable because it's like, oh, like they're taking notes on real media formats from the real world and just applying it to a different thing. Um, you know, everything that like Critical Drinker does, like Critical Drinker is just like, I'm following the Daily Wire model, but doing it for, for movie reviews. Um, and it's, it's cool. Like, I, I just think that's one of the really neat things about entertainment media.
1: Yeah. And the freedom of of creators to just kind of be able to get out there and do whatever you want. I mean, it's weird. You start something, you don't know what's going to happen. It's like, I mean, I have my own page that I do like plumbing tips and everything on where I just started doing it just because I wanted to be able to send my friends video when videos when they had like plumbing problems, like and because I was sick of sending like 30 texts or 40 texts to them. And then like I was doing it through TikTok to edit it. And then I started getting all these views on it. I was like, wait a second. I'm like, this could actually be something. It's like weird. It's a, I don't know. It's the beauty of the internet. People, the, the internet can be a, a scary place for some people or you could use it as a good tool
2: and i think that's that's like the yeah. perfect point to say like why we do geeky stoics is because uh you know we often go back to as our mantra your focus determines your reality that is qui-gon jan in star wars episode one talking to young anakin skywalker on coruscant um and that's like the piece of advice that well maybe next to what shmi said him uh, said to him about uh, how The world is always changing, you know, and that you can't stop it just like you can't stop the sun from setting. But your focus determines your reality is like a way to live your life. The kind of things that you spend your attention on, the books that you read, the Twitter habits that you have are going to like make you think that the world is a certain way. I've. Currently, like the past week, I have had a problem with Twitter. Uh, I've been overusing it. Uh, I've been pretty disciplined, like on and off for months now. But this week, I've really been going hard. Uh, And it's like no coincidence that I feel more dour about the state of the world. And I think people are nasty and mean. And there's so many awful things going on. Uh, But when I had it like turned off for a couple of months, ignorance is bliss. Uh, I had a better reality, a different reality. So, um, that's like what we try to remind people of with geeky Stoics is grab onto little pieces of advice from star Wars that are applicable to adult life.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, your site is excellent. I'm actually going to show, I'm going to bring up the site, uh, on here, Brent, do you have any questions while I'm getting this, uh, site? I'm going to, I just want to share it, uh, with the audience, you- uh,
3: you caught me in trying to figure out what my next step is in my hobbying. So I'm just going to go ahead and talk about that for 30 <laughs> seconds. So I play a game called Star Wars Legion, right? So mm. I don't know if you guys have ever heard about it. It's a little miniature game. But I also like to make the terrain. So I'm currently um, making a Dathmere-inspired uh, terrain set. So these are like the Daphmir with oh, like nice. necromancer mm-hmm. pods. So I'm currently trying to figure out which one I was gonna grab while he was asking me the question um do you guys have anything um outside of maybe the movies in the book like what what pulls your nerddom in well, and it could I see
1: be over here. So that fires me up that I already see uh, Frodo and Lord <laughs> You're of the fired Rings. fired up by here. Frodo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, uh,
2: I didn't know it, this about Riley. I mean, so Riley, I thought was a star Wars first guy. Uh, I thought, yeah. you know, Riley and I loved radio and star Wars. And then it turns out when I got to know Riley a little better, Lord mm. of the Rings was his first baby. Mm. Um, That's true. I, I didn't, true. I didn't know that at all about him. And so now I have sort of had my, Old liking of Lord of the Rings rekindled by Riley because Riley's passion has sort of turned my like of Lord of the Rings into love. Because um, I didn't love mm-hmm. it before, but I kind of do now.
4: Oh, I love it. Yeah. No, I, I, I roped Steven and we did um, kind of an experiment with Geeky Stoics. We did like a, a Geeky Stoics themed book club this past January. We read Fellowship of the Ring, and which is which good work on my part because Steven's much more of a prolific writer for me than me i we both contribute you'll find both of us are are, are writing uh on the site but but stephen like there's been an out, an outpouring of i've noticed lord of the rings themed content and i'm like yes my evil plan worked uh <laughs> getting stephen into into fellowship again
2: <laughs> yeah no for sure
1: i love it i love it and fellowship is like one of fellowship has kind of randomly become one of my favorites out of all of them as I've gotten older, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like the same yeah. same with the Star Wars effect. Lord of the Rings has had the same effect with me. When I was younger, Two Towers was my favorite movie. Yeah. And then as I've gotten older, I love the fellowship because I just love seeing the beginning and everybody coming together and starting the journey mm-hmm. together. And everybody's disagreeing, but they still do find a way to, you know, come up with a plan. And I, I don't know. Fellowship is a great
2: movie. I I there was like a there was like a meme I saw about this the other day. And it had to, it was like a scene from the Shire and the Fellowship of the Ring. And it was like me when I'm 12, like it was like falling asleep. Right. And then it's me when I'm 42, uh, watching, you know, the Shire scenes. And you're just like, what a paradise. (laughs) And, and that, I think that's true. You, at an older age, you go back and watch Fellowship of the Ring, and there's all these kind of slow paced scenes in the Shire that are just cute and beautiful and relaxed. And you're like, this is great. I'm just going to go pour some tea and watch this movie. <laughs> but yeah, I remember when I was a kid, I was I was pretty bored. Uh, and so I, yeah, liked, I, w- I liked Two Towers.
0: I would agree with that because I always found that the hardest of the three books to read to get through.
4: Go it was, to- see, and it's a challenge. Like I knew when we picked, like we were going to go back and read it. I know you have to get through the Tom Bombadil chapter. And if I could get Stephen <laughs> past the Tom Bombadil chapter, to, like stick with it then it's, then everything else kind of falls into place.
0: It's a really long part of the book, like when you sit down and read it compared to what you expect from just how I mean yes it seems long in the movie, but in the book it is a really long uh,
2: really uh, long
1: and Sam's <laughs> yeah.
4: conne-
0: don't forget
1: Sam's connection with his horse in the book that wasn't totally shown in the movie as well. What's his right. horse's name again? The, uh, Bill. Uh,
4: yeah. Bill the pony.
2: It's like the attitude of the Ents about having a discussion about going to war is what the Fellowship of the Ring feels like. (laughs) We will think about moving the narrative (laughs) forward.
0: (laughs) It's not as streamlined as a movie, that's for
4: sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: I wonder what went into their thinking with just like totally ruling uh tom bombadil out of the movies actually like has there ever been like an article where peter jackson or anyone was just like yeah we talked about it and decided yeah i've read
0: some about it it's been a long time since i've read you know the interviews with him and that there was an effort i think but it just never quite bit and really disrupted the flow of that film
5: Yeah, I that? mean, it's, Go ahead, it goes man.
3: back to, like, it, it's a book. Um, um, I, 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 I'm I not the best of readers. Um, it didn't really hold me. And then when I was talking to the kids, like the middle school kids, when they were reading it and loving it, and then when they showed me the pages in Elfish, um, I'm like, huh? There's like 30 to 40 pages that are just in a completely foreign language that you don't even know what's going on
4: my uh um,
1: my keyboard is literally a a map of uh- my my mouse pad is middle earth right here. I got I this on it. Amazon so I it's, was like that is like awesome
3: i think it's i like so i know that there's levels of fantasy right and I want my fantasy to have some realism and when you go to a completely new world like I don't think I would have enjoyed reading Game of Thrones. I enjoyed watching Game of Thrones because it did a lot of the translation of the different languages, the different types of uh, the different types of people, the different aliens for that matter, the the different cultures. It translated it for me, and I wouldn't have to translate it myself. So, like high level fantasy stuff, just is lost on me. So you guys can enjoy you some Lord of the Rings books. Um, I'll watch my movies, and I'll tell you that the Two Towers is probably the one that I go back to the most.
1: Brent. Get the Game of Thrones audiobooks with Roy Dotrice narrating them, and I promise you, you will enjoy the hell out of them. You really
3: Doesn't narrate them, too?
1: No, he did the... Well, he did Lord of the Rings, but you were talking about Game of Thrones books. Oh, translate. sorry, sorry,
3: sorry. You, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: If, if you don't think Game of Thrones translates to the show, get the audiobooks. Those books are, like, 40 hours long, and I've ran through them multiple times. It's, like, one of the few audiobooks where I'm just like, I think I'm going to listen to this again. Like...
3: I mean... I have a coworker that's got me into the Red Rising. So, does anybody oh, know Red Rising?
1: Joe is here. I'm bringing him in.
3: So, Red Rising is just kind of—it's another like Hunger Games. I think. In space. Um,
4: I think Joe's Red Rising actually, because of that timing. I. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'll
3: let it, I'll let it go. I, yeah.
5: He has arrived. Red Rising is over my head, boys. Not not on to uh, the Red Rising. So, I apologize i'll add it to my list so if you if you think i need to read uh, it a, listen to it
3: i mean it's a six book series that the, it has a pretty good uh fan following um i'm three books in mm-hmm. take it or leave it but i'm kind of now i feel like i'm pot committed because i'm three of six books in so gotta see it through
1: yeah. and joe to catch you up we've really uh, kind of just been talking about geeky stoics and kind of just hitting on a mm-hmm. few topics uh on what these guys are up to, we haven't hit on Bad Batch or That's anything awesome. else yet, and I'm That's handing, awesome. I'm, I'm virtually handing again... the torch
4: over to you.
5: <laughs> Great, <laughs> go ahead, Riley. I
4: successfully derailed uh, the the show into Lord of the Rings discussion, and I'm very excited about that. Well, one or of I my
5: <laughs> one of my discussion points for the evening was that Riley Blanton is from the same, he's cut from the same cloth as Steve Glosson and Scott Rifen. So if anyone's going to derail a show, it would be the Riley guy. For I, sure.
4: I've I have learned from the best. I've learned from the best. I have I have I'm the boys honest.
1: right here sitting on the shelf at all nice. times.
5: My boys. <laughs> nice. Um, so well, thank you for letting me come in. I'll give you a quick rundown. One, um my son is super busy with the NFL combine stuff that's going on here in Indy. My dog's gonna say hello, hello, dog. Um where is he looking
0: to get drafted?
5: <laughs> hey, well, I wish he was getting drafted. He is not getting NFL drafted. network. Well, he's, going to get drafted he's by the NFL Network. He's gonna be on the NFL network uh, this Saturday with Rich Eisen and Daniel Jeremiah Jeremiah for you football fans out there. And so today through Saturday is basically a job fair for Joey. He's meeting and greeting with all the NFL teams, all the networks, and um He went to dinner with some people this evening and he said, hey, can you watch our one and a half year old and our one month old to me and my wife, which it wouldn't be good for either one of us to do on our own. So we said, yes, we'll do that. Unfortunately, as my son will listen to this podcast and discuss, he lives 45 minutes away. So that is where my dilemma came in uh, with, with him doing that and us being good. Parents and grandparents I guess so it's weird to say those words um so yeah but I'm glad you guys have been doing all the fun stuff and the heavy lifting before I got here I really appreciate uh, Stephen always great to see you Riley just you know going back to the old Star Wars report days it's like it's like listening to an old friend here when I see and hear you on the screen so um, you guys have done some great things I knew you talked about geeky stoics, so I won't go into that uh, but to derail for a moment before we jump into, um, gosh, our good friend, the bad batch and other things star Wars related, I, I have been listening to the audio book of Billy D Williams, that man I'm halfway through. We're not to anything star Wars yet. That man has lived quite the colorful life. I will tell you, if you haven't checked haven't it out,
4: time, I really need to,
5: yeah, it's. So much. Born in 1937. So I can only tell you what his life was all about. Like, like
2: colorful in the way that Lando has had a colorful life. <laughs> 100. Uh, this character, Lando was created
5: yeah. based off Willie D. Williams. I mean, hey there, ladies, yeah. droids. And the, <laughs> the times in this book where he's like, So I'm at a party and these people wanted to smoke. So we did. And then he'll go, Next thing I know, there's eight people naked in the room, and I'm like,
2: <laughs> "Wow, okay, Billy, great." And I'm um, not one to walk away from a
5: challenge, one hundred percent.
1: Yes. And then <laughs> I saw this droid sitting over there.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Come on, all are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joe, crazy. does he, <laughs> does, he uh, does he narrate it? He that's the great part. The eighty plus year old Billy D. Williams is narrating the book, so. Awesome. He, You can tell it's very labored, Billy D. Williams. Like it's not Lando, Billy D. It's it's Revenge of the or it's Rise of Skywalker, Billy D. Obviously reading it, so there's a lot of effort that goes into it. But uh, yeah, it's just I will say if you've got the time, it's only I want to say twelve hours audiobook, well worth it. I'm 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 six and a half hours in not even not even to the mid 70s yet it's crazy so uh yeah that's it's just a little fun that i've been doing and for those of you who uh didn't hear a week or so ago i was lucky enough to get an early a- edition of the john jackson miller living force book and i'm not allowed to discuss it but what i will tell you is i'm halfway through that book and it's really really cool so it's a year before the phantom menace and cannot wait until the uh embargo is off of me to where at the end of march i can talk about it so but you'll you'll enjoy it so especially guys like uh, riley who are uh prequel prequel uh uh, children so um
2: the word is fanatics
5: (laughs) all i know is riley always brought up the the love (laughs) theme The love theme from Attack of the Clone. Oh uh, yes, Attack of the Clones. Was that right, Riley? Was that the
4: Cross the Stars? Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that was his the, the jam. All
4: time great.
5: Well, mm-hmm. it's it's still up there, and it makes makes everybody think of Padme Amidala and Natalie Portman. So that's a good thing. Um, any uh, so I missed so much. Anything new or good going on in anybody's lives? D Doc had his hand up, so I'll start with him.
1: Well, I was just going to say, amen, Amen, brother. (laughs) I was just going to say, I know we're doing something good when Joe is saying that he's waiting for the embargo to drop so he can talk about it. That means Mm. that we're doing something here at Rule the Galaxy podcast. It's a great thing.
5: Yeah, we are doing good things. And not only do we have these two great guests this evening, but for our 250th episode next week, I'd love to say this. I've never gotten a chance to interview this gentleman, but. Mr. Steve's fan suite of Rancho Obi-Wan will be with us on the show. And, um, man, pretty cool. The people we've talked to in the past 249 episodes, and then add him to the list is, uh, exciting. Can't wait to hear all the stories from this guy. He's seen a little bit of everything. So have either one of you interviewed him? Riley, you had to have interviewed him. I bet Riley has. Riley might be
2: frozen. Yeah. Frozen and lost to time. (laughs) <laughs> i i would bet that he has but i can't confirm i have not okay know. um
5: how steven i know you started a lot of the things recently with your podcast and and everything and again i'm belaying our start mm-hmm. to um the, the bad batch but your your daughter how i forget how old is your daughter now 13 oh you're in the fun time That's yes great. the fun has
2: just begun <laughs> yeah
0: I got and, 12, so I'm, I'm right there, too. So. Yep, yeah, mine's 12, and she became really fun about six months ago.
2: Yeah, it's, Real getting, fun. it's getting spicy. Yeah,
5: <laughs> I can see that. Um, uh, yeah. yeah but do, no. do any <laughs> of the three of you, because D-Doc's nowhere near these age levels, do any of the three of you get a chance to uh, mix and mingle Star Wars discussions into your talks of uh, growing up and
2: morality with these young ladies? Oh my God! Was, she, she's never gotten a day break from it. Yeah, no. <laughs> I feel bad for her sometimes. <laughs> she just I can can't get that. escape every time. Every single time we're talking about an issue, and I'm trying to explain a, you know, something going on in the news or Congress. I'm just like. You know, it's kind of like, like, you know, when Anakin Anakin. and Padme, (laughs) you know, how he couldn't just like let it go and his desire to control just led him down a dark road. And honey, that's like what's going on with, you know, this congressman. We uh, we we talk about everything on our house and uh, Star Wars is usually the, the medium to explain it all.
5: It's a good place to go. Good place. And Riley, if I'm not mistaken, as you hop back into this crazy conversation, you uh, newly, somewhat newly married, correct? Not many, not long in the marriage department. Four years? Yeah,
4: and four years next month.
5: Holy cow, that was on nice. fast forward. Yeah. Five flies, man. yeah. And, and no little Blantons running around anywhere.
4: <laughs> Just the puppy so far. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good. That's, a, that's an Ewok. Thank you very much. Um well be, again, uh I always
5: like to throw some little side things in here. Have we talked about Dune two coming out? I just had to ask because we're with these masters of all fandoms with us. Has anybody seen Dune one? And are we talking where, Dune two? Where 2? are
2: they? Where are they? No. Hey,
3: can Go I ahead, can I ask a question? Has anyone seen the pop popcorn lids
0: for oh, yes,
3: yeah. Dune Two?
0: The Dune they pocket are- pocket. <laughs> Yeah.
3: <laughs> they they are both kind of amazing and um how slightly did so, how did that get
5: approved?
3: <laughs> slightly disturbing at the same time.
2: Have you seen have you seen the SNL skit on this? Mm-mm. No, I have not okay, seen the so, SNL skit on that. Okay, so you have to just like pull up another YouTube browser and search SNL Dune Popcorn Bucket and it's just, <laughs> it's this guy just like giving an ode to his popcorn bucket that he's fallen in love with, and uh, you know, it's obviously. Oh my god!
0: What was everyone in the room at this meeting? The they just afraid to like say something about it because they didn't want to be outed?
2: Oh, I think that they, I think they knew exactly <laughs> what they were doing. The I, we internet. Live, we live yeah. in a very meme savvy marketer culture. I think they knew exactly what they were doing, and I think. And I think they let SNL know. Like they were like, Oh my god. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> I
1: got I'm just sitting next. So yeah. All
5: right. <laughs> Run away.
2: Take so, it home and fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> now,
3: on the other hand, on the other hand, this is also to my brain. Because I play Star Wars Legion and I build terrain, it looks like a damn Sarlacc pit. Like, yeah. I could take the top oh. of it off, paint it up, and turn it into mm-hmm. a Sarlacc pit. Among other things, if you, if you so choose, Pee Wee Herman yes. would have enjoyed this popcorn bucket. Mm.
5: I think he would have turned it upside down. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, that that's one of those things on the internet where you see it and you're just like, oh my god, let me get to the comments section on this and just yeah. see what people are putting up in here. And of course, the first thing is that uh, GIF of Shrek just like kind of giving that look where he's like, yeah, <laughs> you know.
2: <laughs> I love yeah. this kind of stuff. It's just, you know, it's just like the Willy Wonka and Glasgow story, oh. uh, you know, with just, you know, them putting together this Willy Wonka exhibit. It's just a horror show and makes for <laughs> great photos. And it's just this the Dune popcorn bucket. It's just very meme worthy. So uh Mm. bravo bravo to them i actually don't know much about dune like as a as a Mm -hmm. fandom person Mm -hmm. i did finally read dune before the first dune movie came out with timothy chalamet and then i got to be in the position of being one of those fans who was like the book was better Uh, (laughs) and and it was (laughs) i i fell asleep in dune one i i just it was it because It it was slow it was so slow yeah but also the the pow- the pulsating soundscapes like the the soundtrack yeah so it was just like what i would like to sleep to is like the wom sounds and so yeah i passed i passed right out um and i am excited to go see the second one i guess it's going to be cool but i i don't know it's it's just kind of one of those movies it's mm-hmm. like congratulations, you can create a landscape and make a really, really amazing image, like Denis Villeneuve. That's like his whole thing. And entertaining is not high on his list. (laughs) I would agree.
3: Another one of my takeaways from Dune 1 is basically um, it was a Marlon Brando apocalypse now that um, the gangster leader, reminded me of like marlon randau's character in apocalypse now the one that like went into the oil and then started floating up. oh yeah there was just it was just some sort of like this like ooh, like uh i don't know it was it was a really odd character and there's a lot of stuff going on that if i feel like if you didn't know the books you would be completely lost on felt like they had to explain it to you because you needed to know that to go to dune 2 um Almost like Rebel Moon, right? I'm going to throw that one in there since we're talking. Mm-hmm. About, like Rebel Moon felt like it was doing something similar. Like you were putting the gang together and hopefully there's something more when you get to Rebel Moon Part 2 when it gets dropped. But so that's kind of my Dune takeaways. I'd watch it. I kind of want to see it on big screen though. I feel like that was that is one that I feel like if you are going to watch it, <laughs> you should watch it in an IMAX setting because of – the enormity that they're trying to create right i might fall asleep to it just like um steven said but like i think it skate soundscape the pictures the enormity of it i think it lends itself to an imax
5: i'm like steven i kind of dozed off in the first one and my friends are so into it they were like we got to see Dune. i was like all right we'll go see Dune. Yeah. i never it's heard... art
2: it's you a, just don't on you just don't understand. It, it took understand me like three means.
0: times to get through it. I thought it was so boring. I, I it was a beautiful I feel, movie. I feel
2: vindicated by all this, yeah.
0: <laughs> it, it, it really took me out of the movie. I know in you know with Star Wars, with everything, you have to kind of have a moment of letting go and not being so nitpicky, but starting the movie. In saying that you rose to power because of your air force and navy, and then you immediately get defeated. That that just takes me out of the film. I needed a little more.
1: Timothy Chalamet's cheekbones didn't keep you in the game, no, though, there, no. Alfie.
0: You get he. They even knew that they were coming for them, and they still got caught by surprise.
4: I thought you were talking about the cheekbones. <laughs> about the cheekbones.
0: Um, I'm a
2: fan of him, Broadway. actually. I got to admit, no, he, I, I well, like him great. in that
1: movie, The King. that was. I all
2: really him. wanted to oh, like the movie so because he was so good. So good yeah. in The King. Uh, I think I do think Chalamet is fantastic. Like Lady Bird, uh, The King, and then there's that movie with Steve Carell. I want to make sure that I get the name right. Uh, what is it? It's like The Good Son... Uh, here it is. Beautiful Boy. Beautiful Boy is his best yeah. movie. That's when meets... we had the drug problem. Yeah, he's he's, he's like a, the drug the drug addict child. And, and Steve Carell is his dad. And he's just like doing everything he can to, to save him. He's like on like math and, and heroin and stuff. It's real bad. Uh, it's a tough movie. And Chalamet just blows it out of the water. Um, but yeah, cool. he Good. was cool in Dune. I mean, anybody looks cool in a cloak that awesome.
5: <laughs> mm-hmm. um, my, th- my
2: favorite thing about dune actually it was also just the costuming um you know the um leto atreides and and paul at the beginning of dune in those black crisp uniforms like very imperial i was just like into the movie just because everyone looked awesome uh and then i got lost and fell asleep the night sister
3: <laughs> the night sister jedi type were just weird when they would scream and yeah
5: Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I did get the
0: pleasure today of because I wanted to find out, you know, how the second movie was. Was it worth watching? So I hit up a Dune subreddit, and wow! I thought Star Wars subreddits were brutal. <laughs> that one took it to another level. Those people are super passionate about Dune. So they enjoyed
3: the movie, is what you're telling me.
0: Yeah, but anyone that didn't, it was. I mean. Like Elmo watching the, you know, atomic bomb meme. It, it was. So all the fans, out for the the
2: fans are enforcing like that. It's great. Yes. On so the forums. The consensus opinion is this is what we've always wanted. Yes. And if you don't mm. like it get out. Okay. Got Joe it. didn't mm. know
1: that question was going to take us down a wormhole. I didn't. I didn't. Wow. Old circle.
5: <laughs> I'll see Full you guys circle. all at Dune Celebration 2025. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm.
4: I'll
5: bring yeah. the sand.
2: It took me like five <laughs> seconds to realize the worm, the worm joke. But uh, <laughs> well done. You gotta be quick, Stephen. Uh,
0: we move I, fast on Rule the Galaxy. I'll hit
5: one. I'll hit one more before we jump into uh Bad Badge talk. Um uh, And this will go right, right down the uh alley for Riley. Is Uh-oh. is everybody? We talked about it briefly. Everybody's pumped for the Phantom Menace coming out May third on theaters mm-hmm. and are we interested to see if the acolyte and the phantom menace both being near each other that you're there's going to be some things that'll it's like a refresher course you know All yeah. those kind of things. i'd be
4: curious i don't know i i think um well because i remember this this news broke actually while steven and i were at atlanta comic-con we we had a table like a table for geeky stoics we we're doing the thing and i remember like uh steven you're the one who like said hey they're bringing it back uh, star wars yeah. is coming back to the big screen finally not a new movie because god forbid but there's a there's a uh the phantom menace is coming i'm hyped i love it I, I think it's probably definitely geared towards like the the already baptized i don't know that it's uh gonna be part of a larger marketing push for um the acolyte but maybe maybe it is i'd be really curious to see um, I'm I'm really honestly I think Acolyte is one of the shows with the most potential, uh, for the Disney Plus series.
2: Yeah, um, I agree.
4: So I, I I think um if they do tie it in, it, it, it would make sense, which is why they probably won't. Um, <laughs>
5: <so>. <laughs> well, I think it's I think it's great. I mean, I'm looking forward to actually going and seeing it in the theater. I mean, we obviously 100%. we've all had 25 years of watching it, but you know you don't you don't get a chance to go see these. Uh, you know, too often in theaters, and I and I was lucky enough to go see the Return of the Jedi when it came out. What a year was it? Last year, um, for the 40th. Yeah, and and it was just fun to be in the theater and see see that what you've been watching on a smaller screen uh, for years. So I'm I'm looking yeah, forward sorry. to it. Um, and hey, segue time. I, just like I'm looking forward to the rest of the Bad Batch. Mm. I was not a big Bad Batch fan like i like alfie we we were working our way through it and seeing some good things from it but guys i i think um i think season three might tie a nice bow on some things and bring things together
4: yeah i don't be controversial oh sorry i I was just gonna say briefly mm -hmm. i don't want to be controversial but i actually think it might be like a decent batch it's like a um,
3: uh, (laughs) well done well done. i
2: see what you you did there I, (laughs) i picked up on that one um so I I, I mentioned at the beginning, I've not seen any of the new season of Bad Batch yet, but I am not averse to spoilers. In fact, sometimes I like it. Um, So, like, tell me what's going on. Like, what is so exciting about this season? Because I've heard a lot about the Emperor and that, you know, that they are really pushing forward, you know, a lot of the Camino and Empire Mm -hmm. plot. So what's happened so far and what's exciting about it? Go ahead, Alfie.
0: There is... Almost zero possibility that the bad batch will be doing jobs for Sid anymore. But that's probably the most exciting thing.
2: <laughs> no more side quests, no, no. for XP grinding. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I mean, that that's basically what it, was, it. Right? Yes. That's what it was, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they've um,
2: already
3: leveled up, they've hit their level 10. They're uh, well, people, people are talking
2: about like bad batches is helping to. Save you know the Palpatine return thing from the sequels is is that where this is going? I can yeah. see it. I'm yeah. Sure. So, yes. All right. Explain so, it to me.
3: So Stephen, yeah. did you did you read any of the early Thrawn trilogy? Um, like the first one. I
2: heir have... to the Empire.
3: Heir to the Empire. Oh, you're
2: talking about like the OG stuff. Yeah. The like OG like 90s clone, stuff. Yeah, with like yeah. cloning of the Emperor and stuff like that.
3: Basically, yeah.
2: I'm familiar. I would not say that I okay. read it. Okay, so
3: basically, they, the, like, this is taking that idea. So they ended at Mount Tanif on season two. Mount Tanif, And yeah. they're mm-hmm. going deeper, and they're leaning deeper into the Mount Tanif, whatever how you pronounce it. So they're leaning deeper in. The Emperor has shown up early. These are early episodes. Emperor shows up and does his like inspection and makes him go faster, right? Because the Emperor's coming here, so yeah, that's they're trying mean. to... <laughs> Right. Like um, they did that kind of move and it's leading towards um, Project Necromancer, which was also mentioned in the Mandalorian, which was yeah. also the cloning of the empire. So there are the emperor. So we're talking about like these kind of storylines merging together, like what they're working on in Mountain.
2: That's when From the, the Mandalorian found the the creature in a jar. Yep. In Mandalorian, yes. which In looked count. like Snoke, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, it,
3: it possible Snoke, but it is definitely Gideon, right? So they made multiple copies of Gideon, of course. Yeah. Um, and so, like, so their idea is possibly now we're making possibly Snoke. Uh, They've also then heavily leaned into that Ray has uh, M count, which everyone is interpreting that that's a Mandalorian count, or Omega. that she is ab- Omega, sorry, is uh, able to be a little bit force sensitive or take on force her midichlorian count does not degrade when
0: mixed or the blood alfie what am i saying wrong it's not that she has the m count is that she does not reject the emperor's blood it. yeah that has the m count in it so there's no so, degradation yeah.
5: and basically what, do what, what do they they're trying to do, do, they do, they do with her
0: long story short is to establish that the emperor has been trying to clone himself Since the times of the Phantom Menace, so it's just didn't come out of nowhere in the Rise of Skywalker. This has been something he's been working on from the very beginning.
2: Yep, yeah. And And Plagueis Plagueis was into mad science, mad science that was that was integral to the James Lucino Plagueis book. Was that correct? They they spent a lot of time goofing around in laboratories in that book, right? Um, that was (laughs) Palpatine.
3: Well, that and then Palpatine would uh, kill Plagueis and bring him back, and kill Plagueis. Like they alluded to the fact that, like, he would kill him, he would kill him, and regenerate him to try to play with and actually perfect.
5: Uh, really,
3: bringing bringing back life. Am I wrong? That's what I took from. That was Plagueis. that was
2: from that was from the book. Yeah, I don't remember that. That was from Plagueis. Particular point. Okay, yeah, that, that's effed up. Um, I, it
3: is. But Joe, am I wrong? Like, was I, I believe he took him to the. Point?
5: The cusp of death, maybe. I think he took him right to the
0: edge, and pulling him back, and (laughs) And pulling him back. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: That that is very Sith-like.
0: Wasn't there someone in Legends that, and gosh, I shouldn't probably even bring this up, but wasn't there someone in the Empire that Palpatine kept killing and bringing back that Mm -hmm. originally designed the Death Star? I don't know.
2: Uh, maybe. Was that, maybe.
0: was that a comic? Was that a comic? No, it, it was in a novel.
2: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Not that I know I but It I wasn't it
5: Admiral Dalla. It wasn't Admiral Dalla. She was in the, uh, what? The, the, like, the void. I forget. What was she in? Some dark area where they had the, the
4: Death Star the unknown star. regions. Yeah. Uh,
5: <clears throat> so, but no, I think, uh, yeah, uh, wrapping it all up, Stephen, I think they, they, they are. They're, you know, I, I have been noticing in the first four episodes, there are things that link, link to the prequels. There are things that link to the sequels. There are things that link to the original trilogy mentioned, whether it's characters, whether it's creatures, whether it's M count being brought up or necromancer or whatever. So they I, I see that they're using this season to say, OK, let, let's try to, while we can in this last season, bring it all together and, and put some things out there to where you, you have a hint of where these dots connect and things like that. So I I think, I think they're doing very well with it. Um, the, the, the Dr. Hemlock character I think is, uh, fascinating. I think that's great. Um, you know, it, it it came to what Alfie, we talked about today, the creatures, uh, from the, yes, from the Force Awakens, how um, I many
0: did you kill the Rathars? Rathars,
5: Rathars, yeah. yeah, They have Rathars in this episode of of they... of, of Bad Batch. So I mean, they they are bringing a little bit of everything, and um, so yeah, it's it's. I think it's going in the right direction. It's it's a little darker, a little grittier, a little more real story. I think um, than than some of the other you know one off just Sid adventures. So I, I I
2: feel like it's going in the right direction. But. Yeah, they've got a lot of uh, loose ends to tie up. That tends to be the good thing about when they declare that a show is going to be over, is that the last season has to take things a little bit breakneck. Break uh, they don't have any episodes to waste. Yeah. Um, so that's good. They're and that's four... what I'm
0: really hoping, yeah. is that now that the Bad Batch is back at the end of this episode, that this run of good episodes doesn't end with their return because i like i said last week i think it's odd that the best episodes so far have been the ones that they're not in
2: (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i don't i don't particularly love the batch either like they're fine they're fine hunter's (laughs) cool hunter's fine I, fine, I think you know? <laughs>
0: they're fine, too, and I think that's part of my dislike for the show is yeah. that, for the most part, what's the point of them being the Bad Batch? They could just be regular clones, and most <laughs> of the story doesn't change.
2: Don't you say that. I, uh, I, What I like about the show is always just the fun factoids and the world-building stuff. It's like what I took away from Seasons 1 and 2 is, oh, cool, details about Kamino, how the Empire cleaned it up. And how we phase out the clone troopers and bring in Imperial clone troopers or stormtroopers. And that's like, it's, it's, and so for me, that's a cool show. That's a worthwhile show. But mm-hmm. they've just never made me care about these, these, these characters. I think Omega's cute. Uh, my daughter likes her and, and thinks she's super fun. And I agree. Uh, but I just, I don't know. I think the Bad Batch are basically the vessel that allows us to
5: still see Cody. Rex, the empire being built up, like you said, I it's it's just the glue that's holding it together. I don't think they're the key part of it. I think the meatiness of being between episode three and episode four is the meaty part of it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's what we're all yeah. into it for. So
4: yeah. I think it's it's an odd vehicle choice because, like, I, I'm i sort of in the same boat you you guys are. I remember the first season and just kind of being like, we got a handful of episodes introducing these new characters and then. Boom, we spin off into a new series in the time of the Rise of the Empire, which is, by the way, what the show sh- – I, I won't say what this show should be because I don't think you should ever like compare what you want to be getting to what you are getting. But I would say that there was – there's an opportunity and still is to do the Rise of the Empire as a show, but the thing that actually kind of explores the expansion of the empire, the birth of the rebellion, uh, the dynamic of Vader and continues the Clone Wars characters that everyone fell in love with, like what happens to, to Rex Cody. And I I, th- I think that that was the opportunity. And so it's kind of odd to have this entire series, um, which is sort of the, the animated Clone Wars 18, the series.
5: Yeah, agreed. And I know, Stephen, you got to go here in a few, so uh, we won't keep you. But, but uh, yeah, I think I, I will. I will say that one of the things that stood out to me in this episode, and and you know, I'm 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 the old man of the crew here, so I was really into the Marvel comics in the late '70s, early '80s. This Imperial uh, Commander or Captain or whoever who was running Lieutenant this plan, Lieutenant Man. Lieutenant Man, uh, you'll see if you go back and look he reminded me definitely of late seventies, early eighties, Marvel comics, Imperial, uh, people. I mean, he played it. He was, he's, you know, not all buttoned up. He's not the British pump and circumstance. He's, you know, he's kind of got a little trashiness to him and he's running his own little empire. <laughs> little and... trashiness yeah, he, it was
2: yeah. very good. <laughs> like General Zhao and the new Avatar, the last airbender. Yeah. A little right. a little trashiness <laughs> to him. And uh yeah. and Krennic too and Rogue One, a little trashiness to him. Yeah. I mean he's he was... he's, he's running his own shop. And uh yeah, a yep. little bit of a Imperial Hillbilly. We love it. Yeah. So you'll see that when
5: you watch these, but um, but thank you. Riley, I don't know if you're free to stay for a few to keep talking Bad Batch or if you've got to go. I got a few.
4: Yeah, I got a few more. I'll, I'll, I'll close this out, but yeah, no, Steven, I got to go and then I'll, I'll, I'll stagger out. I'll, I'll let you take the exit and then, uh, I will Irish goodbye. Yeah, after good. I, good. I
2: got, I got five minutes. Oh, okay.
5: Good. <laughs> good, good. good. Um, so, uh, another thing and, and you'll see guys, I don't know if you guys noticed this or if it was just me, but Crosshair recently has been holding that one hand that keeps getting those shots mm. in it. And mm. and having some but Hemlock's wearing a glove and also holding yes. a hand. And I'm wondering if he's maybe been doing some self-testing, you know, a little trying out the M count Alfie, the, what do you got? go what ahead. Got?
0: Didn't he mm. last season when Crosshairs tried to escape, and he use the gas? Didn't he say mm-hmm. that he had been doing testing on himself to become mm-hmm. immune? To that poisonous gas?
5: You are correct. He mm-hmm. did say that.
0: Also, in this episode, did you notice the emphasis when he said, we shall see? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and which, he which said mean? it, uh, Hemlock, as he was exiting out of uh cell, oh, and yes. the shadow fell on him. It was like just a little... Frame by frame recreation from the Force Awakens when Snoke says that. I am telling you right now, he is eventually going to be
4: Snoke. I was a big what? Clone. Oh, yeah. there's, a, there's the hot take right there. See, this oh, is the kind of hot he take works in the
0: cloning facility. Your Snoke theory. Head of this sucks. project. <laughs> he, yeah, this theory yeah. totally sucks, but it makes sense that he would be. Yeah. He w- would use himself as the model for the force sensitive clone. And
2: Amazing. Alfie and I
4: were you're, talking, you're talking about, about yeah. Crosshair. No, no, no.
2: No, Hemlock. Hemlock, hemlock. okay.
4: Yeah, the, the evil scientist, bro. I like the theory. I'm endorsing it personally. I'm I, <laughs> this theory. You also. know,
5: he's he's got some comedians still around him who mm-hmm. all they did was clone. He's trying to push this envelope to make the Emperor happy. And I think, yeah, Alfie called it out. And I, was, I started thinking, you know, I can see yeah. this. I can see it. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah. And for the love of God, just call it Metaclorian count. Don't you <laughs> cowards. Come on.
3: <laughs> but you gotta M make the connection, nonsense? right? So I'm with you, but I feel like you almost have to keep it as an M count to for the people on their on ramps, right? So not everybody mm-hmm. has caught the Phantom Menace. So they watched Mandalorian. So when they said M count, so they're making the connection to Mandalorian. So,
4: uh that's right. They did say M count mm-hmm. Mandalorian too, didn't right? They? So they yeah. they
3: brought the M count into Mandalorian. So the key language, I guess, is
1: yeah. We abbreviate things in modern day, bro. Come on. Come on, we we collab with each other. We don't collaborate. We collab.
0: <laughs> okay, Joseph. So the past like four episodes, we have in some way mentioned Mieber Gasson.
4: Here we have. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you catch the Easter egg for him this episode? No,
4: you are kidding. I didn't see it, but I saw someone. Give my
0: hopes up. Do not allow me to dream,
4: Alfie. One of the animals, well,
0: actually the herd of animals, the void striders that were let go were from his episode, A Sunny Day in the Void. That's what he rode in that episode. Mm
4: Yeah, that the PS Day was ris- off of um all of Clone Wars. <laughs> that is a sunny day in the void. I think of it as a sunny day in the void of my life. It brought back hope, uh, <laughs> when I watched that episode. Did you guys catch the everything. pork noise? I did not. I heard
3: somebody, I heard somebody mention Alfie, it. How, another...
4: Can I ask Alfie? I have a question for you. <laughs> what, how many, how many times have you watched this episode? Twice I'm impressed. This is a, you you are at a, like, the top 10 Easter eggs you missed in the Bad Batch screen rant uh, article, but like just off the top of your head. I don't know how you do this. I'm very impressed. Welcome to the Book of Alfie.
5: That's where he gets his name, the Book of Alfie.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just watch
0: with subtitles and then start Googling what I see. But yes, Mm -hmm. I did hear the porg. It's very, uh, Easy, Yeah, easy to pick up. Which okay. would uh, maybe there's off world ports, There's off world Jawas, so maybe ports exist somewhere else.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm looking at photos of this Doctor Hemlock right now, and I gotta say, like in terms of the, the Snoke theory, he has the right features. You can see? you could you could mm-hmm. put them side by side and do a little layer over, and we, I could see how Hemlock could deteriorate into Snoke.
1: It's not like they invested in a. I'm like, back on the legit. Snoke
2: theory bandwagon. <laughs> oh, my God, we're back I in, thought, boys. I thought it was over, and then they pull me back in to Snoke theories. <laughs> He's oh, a legit
1: voice true. actor that they they have for for Hemlock, and yep, yeah. Same with the man in this episode. That was Harry Lloyd who played Viserys Targaryen in Game that's of Thrones. Right.
2: That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, true. Like,
1: that was. I'm listening to his voice last night, and I'm like. Why does this voice sound so familiar? He narrated uh, one of the Game of Thrones books, um, yeah. The Tales of Dunkin' and Egg, and like A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. So like when I was hearing his voice last time, I'm like, who is this? I need to get on IMDb after this episode because I would get distracted if I did it while I'm watching. But yeah, they're pulling some names for Bad Batch. And the animation is top tier. Like is. That's one thing that can't be missed on this show. Is the animation, they've taken that Clone Wars animation and upped it by like 10 notches. It's very good, in my opinion. I really like the animation.
2: Well, guys, I have to yep. slide out. Mm-hmm. Spin reel, Riley. Yeah, see <laughs> yeah, ya, uh, fellow geeky stoic. Um, thanks for having us on, guys. It was good to see yeah, you. Sorry for yeah, my time. Totally. Um, yes. Over on geekystoics.com, we have our newest piece up about the west wing and its crossover Ooh. with avatar the last airbender just a little moral message for everyone to enjoy uh, and we've got some new pieces up about zorro and star wars episode 2 so um thanks again we'll see you soon yeah bye see you steven see you Steven. Um, was it the
3: big, is it the big wheel of cheese day is that guys is that what it has airbender and has in common with the west wing The big wheel of cheese. Something like that.
4: Yeah. I think that's exactly actually the main takeaway from that piece. 100%. Yep. Definitely. Um,
3: It's just a weird episode, but I love just bringing that up like the big wheel of cheese.
5: Did you know, did you know real quick that uh, the president played by um, Mr. Sheen, Martin Sheen, President Bartlett, Mm -hmm. was from New Hampshire? And there was only one real president born in New Hampshire.
4: Martin Van Buren. Is I mean, that right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I actually don't know. I actually don't Miller, know. Miller, Fillmore, just... or Martin Van Buren. It's
5: one of those two. <laughs> but but there's only one president born in New Hampshire besides Jed Bartlett. So,
4: mm. yeah. I, uh, that, that you learn something. <laughs> this, this is the level of knowledge. That this is why the people come to That's the right. galaxy. That's why people
5: That's right. show up. They bang down the doors to come and hear what we're talking about. And it seems to me we've covered... Lord of the Rings, Dune, mm-hmm. uh, West Wing. I mean, we're we're kind of all over the place here. But um, yeah,
4: so we should finish with Star Trek.
5: That's what. Oh no, I can't do that, that one. <laughs> um, Hyperspace Heroes. Uh, I'm, th- I'm thinking that's Brown Leader said the Dad Batch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my son sent me a text today, and he was just like, "That one's a little tough." He said that one got me a little teary eyed. You know,
4: most recent one. Yeah, it sure did. I yeah. was a little. Oh, just, uh, got little little hot in the face, you know, just a little on the cheek. Just had a little, yeah, just had to take a breath there at the end. It was it was a beautiful reunion, and I love the I love the like kind of uh, cliffhanger, like where it, it cut fade to black. You don't really know, it's mm-hmm. like the Crosshair is kind of like responsible for yeah. a, long a, yeah. a lot of crap.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah yeah this i felt end. good that i i felt good that i was watching an end scene of bad batch and when it cut to credits i was like damn it i was like i yeah. want to
4: see what happens
1: here so that's a good thing
4: <laughs> yeah for sure i mean it's it good cody i know also dropped a comment like it is it's a very episodic show but in a good way it's mm-hmm. lo- like down to the cliffhanger this week i i, I think it has me uh, on the edge of my seat and i i kind of like I, I didn't jump right in on bad batch this season but then i like i i, I caught up with it this past week But a lot of that reason was I just, the discourse, like it it really seemed to capture the fandom's imagination in a way that the first two seasons have not. So I think that's a good sign.
5: Well, I think Alfie has mentioned for two full seasons, we need more bad battery, right? Like when they came in in that first episode and they were sliding down the hill on stuff and they were shooting things this way and setting each other up for different shots and different plans. And it was just really cool, all of them working together. We haven't had enough of that in two seasons. And I know we're missing tech right now, but those three still, and now Omega, Could work well together. And then if you have Rex or Cody or Echo show up, you've 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 got a group that can actually come in and do some really cool things that have been missing. And at the same time, the story depth, like I said, has has really increased, I think, in this this season. So maybe maybe all that'll come together. But yeah, for sure. Go ahead. fingers,
4: Fingers crossed.
5: Okay, go Alf.
0: Two things. One, uh, where do you think all? What were all the animals for?
4: Oh, I assumed it was for more testing.
0: Okay, so that's kind of what I thought too. Do you think the cargo freighter that they stole will be the key to getting back to Mount Tannis?
4: 100 percent. Yeah, but I, although I wonder what draws them back because your incentive now after the reunion is get that guy there.
0: I, I get... Mean, if i had to guess i would say omega goes alone
5: well because uh, she was the one who brought it up and she wanted know, to go free be the clones to go back after she freed all oh, the animals i
4: see yeah no I, I guess so that is you have the the remaining brothers although i don't know there's got to be there's got to be some more there's got to be some more pizzazz there because if they if there was maybe it's um lama say am i saying that mm-hmm. right um maybe maybe uh, it's rescuing her because you, you kind of want that personal connection instead of sort of a generic oh go save the clones um maybe like if rex got captured or something like that that's that would really up the ante and i i could see something like that happening yeah that i could them see them to...
0: debating about going and they say no and she goes off on her own so then they rally the troops to go which will lead a big battle at mount Tanis, which would give the emperor the reason to move everything to exegol
1: Mm. Are you saying Um, like a clone trooper versus stormtrooper battle, Alfie? Please,
0: for the love of God, let's have that. Oh my God, dude. That would be awesome. I'm getting fired up now, actually. I I bring this up all the time, (laughs) and I I know it's never going to happen, but how upsetting is it that you cannot go buy one of those stormtroopers with the sweet-ass goggles in the poncho today?
5: Oh, the cloak. Yeah, those would be
0: they'd be flying off the shelf i do not understand that and it got me to thinking we still never got the clone trooper in the winter gear from last season
4: Mm, true that was
0: like two years ago
4: you know one of the i think greatest advantages i've ever had in my life is the fact that i never jumped in on the three and three quarter collecting i became a lego guy and i've never felt so gratified by the fact that i'm a lego (laughs) guy because man the lego (laughs) is killing it i'm I, I, they I pop there. them I'm out, traveling. dude. I'm
3: surprised. Yeah, they pop them out quick.
4: I'm traveling for work right now. This is how much of a nerd I am. Wait for it. I am. Um, I'm traveling for work right now, and I literally brought with me just you know for stress relief. Yes. Oh my man. And this, these series, like this is the um, their um kind of desk display series. Um, they have this one. They have a trash compactor. They have a few, but it's like iconic scenes, and they are yeah. perfect. It I, I makes me so happy. Uh, not that I'm gloating over the fact of, that you poor Hasbro guys uh, have nothing ever. but um...
0: I just don't understand why they refuse to market when it would be, you know, the timing is right when it's hot.
3: Mm-hmm. If
0: you had those show, those toys on the shelf on Friday, they would be gone. You would sell them. Oh, when they come know, out have... three years later, they end up at Ollie's because yeah, nobody cares. Yeah. This
3: is where I argue with you. I know you would get them, and I know that there would be collectors that would get them, but would it be worth the production and then the amount to go into the production? Are they really selling as much as we think that they would? There are people that will buy them. I'm not saying that there's not, but if the cost-benefit analysis, is it worth it?
0: We can have this argument, but my argument is not that. My argument is why don't you have them available when people are interested? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what Lego's done with their stuff is like that uh diorama that Riley was showing. They've tapped into us wanting to display. Like I have all the helmets. I I mm-hmm. might be able to t- I have all the helmets sitting on the wall over there. Like I mm-hmm. love that yeah. helmet series. Like yeah. the Lego Star Wars has been tapped into kind of what the fans want and then like I'm just like, oh, I'm done buying Legos for a little bit, and then new stuff comes out, and I'm just like, uh, I, I got a couple yeah. of Amazon gift cards here, you know, <laughs> whatever.
5: <laughs> yeah.
1: I'll just put some more shelves up <laughs> around
5: here.
1: Yeah. I'm like 75% Lego, or maybe I, I'd say I'm like, at this point, I'd say I'm like 65% Lego, 35 Hasbro thanks to these guys, oh, yeah. these guys
0: not there's nothing the on hasbro. the
1: shelves
5: but your your hasbro is also all ollie's discount hasbro. So not, not this stuff over
1: here this okay. is the original when i when when you guys first uh dosed me up you know <laughs> when joe first uh, met me on a corner and uh told me hey check out these right. black series
5: figures that's right First taste is free brother then you <laughs> <laughs> you start paying. Um, yeah, well, I'm I'm glad. I feel like we're all in in you know speaking in unison here that those first four episodes have been pretty good of of Bad yeah. Batch, and and I, I I do hope. I mean, there's 15 episodes, right? So we're we're a quarter of the way in. We haven't seen uh, we haven't seen Cad Bane, uh, Saj Ventris, Finnick Shan. We haven't seen Chopper, Hera, Darth Vader. All those people are were in the preview of some sort right um mm-hmm. so all those people are still to come in the last uh eleven episodes and I'm sure even more I mean there's there's Bob other Fett. things out mm-hmm. there, was, okay
1: there there was one point too Joe that I wanted to make on bad batch I, I'm always like talking about side topics but on bad batch it's like there's no way omega is going to forget about anything along the way it's like her and um crosshair were in danger for their lives and she wanted to go get batcher like no matter what so like you guys bringing up that she's going to want to save the other clones makes sense because even when she was in her own personal danger when she was like a prisoner essentially yep. she cared about crosshair so she got crosshair then when they're in trouble she cared about batcher she so they got batcher now now they're together so it's like, it, it what what you guys are saying makes a lot of sense to me. That Omega kind of does control it because it's like crosshair is like there's no way out of this. We we can't get him. Like if we want to live, we 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 need to go this way. And she's right. just like, no, I'm going and getting him no matter what. And he's just like, all right, let's go. But he did get to he did get to start gun smoking some people though,
5: which is what he loves to do. Um, he missed a lot though. He did. <laughs> Well, I I'll, I I, won't, I know Riley's. Riley said he would be the next one to exit out, but I, I feel like we've hit all that stuff. And I know you guys had a great combo before I hopped on. I'll go around the room and and just we'll, we'll cash out here. I'll I'll start with Brent and uh, and uh, Brent. Besides working on your Star Wars Legion, there any anything you want to close up shop with tonight?
3: No, I just made two, three other little like two other little dioramas that I'm going to put the yeah. necromancer eggs on.
4: It. it was actually it's it actually while we were talking, right? Was, uh... Oh
3: yeah. So, uh, so I, it's basically so just so you know, uh, Riley. It's basically aluminum foil, put some hot glue, in, and then put hot glue onto some cardboard, um, and I'm gonna wrap them and then paint them to make them look like the trees. But yeah. So On
4: that one, I have awesome, a total.
3: Yeah. I have a total of four of them that I've put together. Are you kind uh, of modeling
4: and, it off of um, the uh, the Jedi Fallen Order game? So.
3: So here's more of what's going on behind you.
4: Nice, <laughs> nice.
3: So <laughs> like the foam are like the mountains, like the Jedi Fallen Order, and then the trees that I'm just making right now are more like the Clone Wars uh, where you mm-hmm. see Mother Townsend and all the witches. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's it's kind of a mix of both of them. So you're going to have some mountain ranges where you're coming down, um, and then you come down yep. in the middle. I have a couple other little places that i'm gonna paint green for the uh neon green and i have a couple like lava flow ideas for the green rivers that they have for the night sisters
5: that's awesome the man it's, the myth it's, legend. it's
3: my it's my nerddom right like that's what i was asking you. is there anything else like so you i would say lego would be like where your secondary nerddom is that keeps you into yep, it yep. Uh, making this sure. kind of what like, And then since I've made this room my hobby room and my wife has allowed me to like keep it all in one location. um, So I just kind of hobby while we talk. So,
4: Yeah, that's awesome.
5: Alfie, how about you? Anything to close up with?
0: Yeah, I hope the momentum keeps up on this show. And um, Brent was talking about his game. I'll talk about mine. Uh, We are hitting a major update of episode one material for Galaxy of Heroes. Um uh, excited to see where that goes as we get closer to the movie coming back out. Is Boss um, Nass
3: actually out?
0: Boss Nass is out. So okay. it first started with the Stap which was okay. the yep. little speeder that the droids which is yep. the first vehicle in the game. I say, yeah. And yeah, Boss Nass is out uh Jar Jar is supposed to be a galactic legend, and then Queen Padme eventually will be out with a whole team of her own.
5: Nice. So,
0: being a lot of new content. Uh, anybody that plays, look for me. I'm Rule the Galaxy SW and uh, <laughs> change your name. Yeah, part of Kenobi's Bold Ones.
1: Okay. Good, good. Make me re-download that game.
0: <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> there is so they. Not to entice you, D Doc, but they did come out <laughs> with light speed bundles for ten bucks. You get like a dozen characters fully maxed. Oh man. Yeah, it's it's worth it. I put a lot of time in on that game a while too. <clears throat> Um I
5: I'm glad you guys all have these side side hobbies. This is great. Riley, um, where 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 are we staying tonight? What where, where are we out of town at?
4: Well, this is the beautiful Comfort Inn in Montgomery, Alabama, right, t- right outside of Maxwell Air Force Base. Nothing but the best for your government rate hey. hotels.
5: Uh, that's good. Hey, you, um, we need. To, I, I've been. We've been talking to Steve and to Scott and trying to get them to ever go to uh, the I Triple C in Nashville. I know you, I know. You guys all need to and now Stephen, you guys all need to jump in together on a bandwagon and and go check that out. I think you guys are really we're, like it.
4: We're this this close. I am this close to convincing him. I the um the trouble is this year it's I think it's um I'm trying to remember, is it is it this October? Or October. Is that, oh, it's October they moved this it. Year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's yeah. yeah, see that was the top – Yeah, I'm I'm literally I'm de- deploying beginning of oh. October, so I will miss. I will not be uh in these united states sadly because uh, i've been wanting to go to that show man uh, other than like going back to celebration because i I'd missed the last few like that's top of my list just because i love nashville and i always hear great things about the show
5: well you you guys would love it you know be safe out there when you do get deployed and all that kind of stuff so um look i i mentioned it when i hopped on you know um rebel force radio steve glossin you scott and you guys are the reason why my son and i started this show so i you know it's, it seems very weird because you're my son's age but um if that you might even be younger than him um but uh but i mean just you know going back to when you and i had one conversation off by ourselves on a show uh you know just always love what you've done you you've always been a great person in the community and uh you know i can't thank you enough for taking the time a few a few different times to come and be a part of what we do at Rule the Galaxy because you know it just it brings back great memories of all those years when i was running errands driving cutting the grass whatever and i'd be listening to Riley and and uh, Bethany and all their stories and then you know so thank you again and and is there anything you want to promote or anything like that with with Geeky Stoics or anything you're coming yeah. up with
4: no, thank you so much. Very kind words. I really appreciate it. And I, yeah, I, I am very honored to be listed amongst some of the greats of <laughs> Star Wars podcasting. Um, and and I say that I, I, I'm not even joking. That's a that's a <laughs> um, a big deal. I like I, I said at the beginning of the show, but like my um, and I, and I maybe this is a good way to close out the show. My my initial like exposure to the world of star wars podcasting uh was jason and jimmy it was the force cast back in the day now rebel force radio but like that that um you know it's the proverbial i stepped into a larger world you know and and that was the that was that was the moment where i discovered kind of larger star wars fandom and that's what gave way to going to celebration and meeting my bet some of my best friends and i'm listen uh half of my wedding party uh we're all guys that i met uh through star wars fandom I, it's it's and, and that's that's the truth of it so um i'm i'm just glad that there are guys like you kind of carrying the torch uh i will anytime you invite me and sometimes when you don't i will 100 percent go and crash <laughs> rule the galaxy always enjoy talking to you guys so uh, you i appreciate you love. yeah it's um it's weird but in a good, a good weird stepping outside my comfort zone of just kind of talking about star Wars news of the week. I did it for 10 years, but the step into like talking about some of the deeper philosophy behind these stories has been awesome. So I will, I'll part ways by saying geekystoics.com um and I'll do a specific plug. Uh, our YouTube channel, a few weeks ago, I posted a video, It took me about two weeks to shoot and edit. It was a blast. I went out to a swamp in the middle of rural Alabama, and I shot, and it's called Do or Do Not Explain, and it is my thesis, my essay, essentially, on why that quote matters, and it and and also it's sort of like uh, shots fired at people who make fun of that quote because you you've been around Star Wars fan and you're like of course you can try technically like <laughs> um, but I won't I won't I won't do the whole bit I won't explain it but I will say uh, that is available on our YouTube channel uh, it is do or do not uh, there is no try explained uh, and I think uh, I think people listening would get a kick out of it
5: I'm I'm looking forward to it I'm gonna go check it out shot, myself
4: shot on location in Dagobah
5: you. Um, just... <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll end up, I'll end up with this, uh, D doc, uh, I'll let you close up with some things, but thank you again for running while I was running late and, uh, appreciate the times you've stepped in and and been a great host. And I know you sit there and say, Oh, I'm nervous. I don't want to do this. D doc, you do a great job. So (laughs) plus you make great videos that everybody, my wife watches your videos on Instagram and YouTube. And I go, do you watch any of my stuff? No, but D doc's funny. He's got some cool stuff. I'm like, okay, Uh, it's the pre-show jitters. That's all. (laughs) <laughs> Anything yeah. you want to close up with?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, number one, I'm fired up that Riley is traveling with Legos. That like really, <laughs> it really like pumps me up, and it uh, solidifies the hobby that I have here because people still buy me. I just turned 33 this month, and people still buy me Legos for my birthday because, to me, I encourage anyone to do Legos because it's a good way to relax your mind. Throw on some music or a movie, build some Legos. Uh, Amen. <laughs> one final thought on the topic of episode one uh to show that i have my star wars fandom blinders on i'm talking to my buddy who has a son newly like not newly born son he's about to be two and we're talking about going and seeing phantom menace together and i'm like all right like i'll bring david and you can bring ben and stuff and we're talking about it and then he was like uh he named his son ben of course oh, and man. he's like you know what? He's like, Ben's probably too young to go see it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's two years old actually. Like, what are we talking about right now? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you just want to bring your kids into this world. It's the funniest
5: thing. So yeah, it is. It is. And I'm getting to do that with my grandson. We were having lightsaber battles last weekend uh, and he thinks it's a coolest thing. And he's going to be over again tomorrow night and I'm going to be bringing those out. We're going to be chasing each other around the house doing that. So, and uh, another quick Fun plug. Uh, Alfie and Brent will be at Indiana Comic Con March, towards the end of March. At 42nd. same weekend. Yeah, same weekend. I'll be visiting D Doc out near Philadelphia, and then um, hanging with him before we go see the Italian national soccer team. So, go ahead, Brent.
3: I was just going to say you missed the beginning. I'm not going to be able to make it to the Comic Con.
5: Okay, well, uh, I might hand the pass off to Joey then. How's that? We'll do that. Perfect okay but riley thank you again Doc, brent alfie thank you for always being the rock that keeps this show going and and i really appreciate it to our our listeners our followers everybody thank you so much check us out on youtube check us out on our podcast and until next week episode 250 with steve sansweet may the force be with you